Well, hey everyone, welcome to episode 180 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen. For this week's episode of the podcast, I had a conversation with a photographer who uses photography to help veterans suffering from various ailments in Austin, Texas. Welcome, George McCain. George and I discussed some interesting topics this week, including his history as a veteran and how he engages other veterans through the photographic arts, how he helps veterans manage anger through photography, and lots more. Over on Patreon this week, George shares his approach to photography, which he calls the photographer's foundation of knowledge. It's quite an interesting approach. Well, before we get started, I wanted to let you know about some new and exciting things happening over on Nature Photographers Network, or NPN. NPN is now doing free webinars every two weeks for members, and you can sign up for a free 60-day trial to watch them. So far, they have had many former podcast guests uh, of this show do webinars for them, including Cole Thompson, Alistair Ben, John Barkley, and Sarah Marino. They're having a lot more discussions over there, and a lot more big names are in the works. The webinars are focused on creativity and vision, as with most things over on NPN, which is what I love about that site. If you're interested in learning more, just head over to the show notes to find a link to the free trial. Okay, let's get to the show. All right, George McCain, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. And thank you to Bree Bree Stockwell for actually dropping my name on the podcast. Yeah, that was super cool. Yes. And then, and then I went on this uh, this failed uh, Google search to try to find you, and I didn't find you because I was spelling your name like the uh, former senator from Arizona. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's a common it's a common mistake. Well, until, I, I actually didn't even know you could spell it any other way. So, <laughs> well, until like a long time ago, we were the only family that we knew of that spelled our name that way. But then, what happened was is that. Uh, like we started finding in the phone book, people were spelling it like us. So oh, I don't know how, cool. you know, that was when I was back in San Diego. Nice. And you're in Austin, Texas now, right? I am Austin, Texas. Yes. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, I've only been to Austin once before for a, like a work thing, which was pretty cool, but lots of traffic. Yes. That, <laughs> we are known for our traffic and we're also the live music capital of the world. Well, awesome, George. Well, for people that are not familiar with you and your and your work, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so my name is George McCain, and I uh, actually came into photography through kind of a, a strange way, if you will. What happened was is that I ended up uh, I served our country in uh, South Korea and also Japan, and oh, wow. I ended up. Uh, like I came back from the military and the first Christmas that I was on my own, my parents had given me a, a like a six foot aluminum tree that had the four lights on it that went around. And I woke up Christmas morning and I ha- I didn't have a single gift under my tree. So one day I was walking by a camera store and I actually bought a Canon TX, a completely manual 
camera. And from there, I, you know, it's like the rest is history, as they say. So that's cool. You you buy yourself a camera because you didn't have any gifts to open. <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing was is that I I had all these memories of being in South Korea and Japan, and yet you know I I didn't have anything to share with people uh, with it, and so I just thought that I would end up buying myself a camera when I walked by the store. Oh, so you were, so you were actually in South Korea when you did that. No, I was in I was in San Diego at the time. Oh, in San Diego, okay. Yeah, you know, San Diego is what I consider home. Gotcha. So, yeah. And, and uh, what uh, branch of the military did you serve in? I was in the Air Force. Oh, cool. What did you uh, What did you was, do when you were there? I was, I was a military policeman, and I don't have the demeanor for it. Uh, <laughs> what What is so funny is is that. I get a lot of flack from the um, like Army and the Marine guys that I work with at, uh, because I'm a certified mental health peer support specialist. And they go, oh, you Air Force guys had it easy. And so I'll tell them, I sit there and I come back and I say, well, were you happy when the when you called in a bomb run and, and the bombs hit their target? And it's like, damn right we were. And it's like, I'm the guy who guarded the plane. It's like, I was just as much a part of the mission as you were. That makes sense. <laughs> they, they shut up. <laughs> well, I suppose as someone who's um, been a uh, mental health peer support specialist and a police officer, I'm guessing you have all kinds of opinions and thoughts on the current happenings in our country. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to go into that. I just figured, no. you know, someone with your background, you probably have some perspective on that particular situation. I do, but I don't really discuss it a lot. If, if something happens, I would I would actually take and say, oh, does anybody have any problems with what happened this weekend? Like, uh, I would always check if people uh, were thinking about hurting themselves or hurting others. And, you know, then I'd ask, oh, well, does anybody have any problems with, like, an event that happened uh, if the, if it was a major event? and hit the news type thing. And so, um, you know, to see if anybody's having trouble. And then I could refer them to their um, provider and, uh, you know, to, to see somebody, or I could drop a note to their provider and I would say, uh, you know, veteran uh, A needs to see you before their appointment comes up because of the fact that, um, you know, they're dealing with some stuff right now. And, you know, and then usually that would get taken care of. Or I'd see one of them in the hallway and I'd say, oh, you know, Dr. So-and-so, um, you know, veteran A needs, needs to see you uh, type deal. And they said, okay, you know, I'll take care of it. Go from gotcha, there. Gotcha. So are you still uh, doing that type of uh, support work? Not with this COVID uh, business going on. Uh, I was a volunteer and they asked us volunteers to just go and uh, with the, with the COVID crisis. And so uh, then when June came around, that was when my, um, my certificate uh, expired and I, I had the units for the certification, but I decided not to pay the money because I would have had to go on and get a fingerprint check and um, like all the other rigmarole plus paid $95 for 
for my certification and like who knows how long it's going to be. But when this certification, when the um, COVID crisis ends, I plan to go back to the VA and help them um, as far as like ushering the patients back to uh, who their providers are and stuff like that. Gotcha. I speak veteran and that's a different language, if you will, um, than just you and I would speak, you know, like, okay, you and I would speak cameras and uh, type deal. And so the same idea comes with speaking veteran. It's like you can, you can empathize with each other. And one of the things I used to tell people was that like the schools had a policy of no, no child left behind. Well, we used to have a policy, no man left behind. And, um, you know, so it's like, come on, bro. I'll, um, you know, like put your arm around my shoulder and I'll, I'll help you to, you know, get the help that you need. Type deal. How did you get started in that type of work? Actually, I suffer and uh, with chronic depression myself. And so I went through a men's depression group at the VA, and I also went through a um, group called Active Cognitive Therapy. And then I was showing my pictures. The monster trucks came to town, and I was showing my pictures to uh, some people in the in the group, and I showed them to one of the doctors that was um, over the group. And like when the opportunity came up, uh, one of the the supervisor for the volunteer uh, peer support people had contacted me about doing the photography group, and so that the doctor who did the active the act group or active cognitive therapy. He said, oh, you can't get a better man than him to uh, lead the photography group. He's awesome. And I was in. <laughs> they, awesome. they, had, they had actually gotten a uh, grant to, um, for, the, for the photography group. And so I put together a class and then uh, ran it by the supervisor. And then from there, I ended up, um, you know, running the group and, um, they they wanted me to run it shorter, but I like I would tell the people that came in, it's like I'm going to give you a MFA in uh, photography by the time you get out of here, but it's just you can't do it like eight to twelve weeks. You know, there's a lot to learn, <laughs> and they didn't understand that. So. I was going to say eight to twelve years for me. I know. You know, same way with me. I've I've been doing photography since the seventies. I've been all over the Southwest and I'm still learning, you know. So um the thing is is I and I tell people, I'll I'll tell you like I'm not sponsored by anybody at, at all. And so I tell them, you know, like what I'm gonna give you is what works for me. And um, you know, I'm not gonna sit there and say, Oh, well, you have to like I shoot Sony. Okay, so like you have to shoot Sony because no, I I shoot Sony because I like the um, you know the EVF and the uh, there's a contrast metering system with the Sony. I I shoot an A7, and so like I can look at the back and I can see the contrast of the colors change, and it for me it's WYSIWYG. Uh, what you see is what you get. 
mm-hmm. uh, pretty much. And so consequently, that's that's why I use a Sony, you know, type deal. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so in terms of the uh, the photography group that you started with the VA, what was your goal in terms of uh, using photography as a tool to help people in their lives? It it was to give them an alternative to, um, okay, the people that I worked with had different uh, problems. They, we, they were in what we called recovery from something. And I never knew exactly what they were in recovery for. So let's just say that like, if you're, um, if you're into alcohol, okay, um, what would happen is, is that I would give you an alternative because it took some creativity to desire to drink. If you were angry, it took desire, like to put um, your fist through a wall. Um, and so, like a lot of art things, for instance, I'm surprised the, as I listen to different podcasts how many um, photographers actually play musical instruments. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it gives you an avenue to vent. And so that's one of the things I tell people is uh, find something that you're passionate about to take pictures of. Now, like, for instance, uh, when I was shooting film, I would actually do, I did weddings. And I had a um, C330F, a Mimeo C330F. I had a potato masher uh, flash attachment and all that. And, um, you know, and it, it was a lot of work to do weddings. And so what I would end up doing was um, like I hated it. And I, you know, it's like people are trying to burst my bubble. Well, I didn't need my bubble burst. My my life, um, things have, you know, people have come along and done their best to burst my bubble. So like I do landscapes mostly and I do art, um, abstracts, contrast, patterns and textures. And so uh, mostly. So like I'll I'll just go out and this this is one of the things that I was suggesting is is that it, it's an improvement on your mental health because like and physical health as well. A lot of doctors will say um, you need to walk five miles every other day uh, to be healthy. And so consequently, what I do is I actually uh, will take a compass get a map and take a compass and draw like a three mile radius around um in a circle and then from there i can end up okay like in austin uh i can start at the state capitol and i can walk down to caesar chavez and that's roughly three miles but then when i walk three miles back i to get to my well i don't drive but get to a car you've walked six miles Mm-hmm. And so consequently, you beat what the doctor recommended for you. And like myself, okay, like um, you end up, I believe, like point of view is something that is very important in photography. The uh, world looks a whole lot different at 5'6 than it does at 2'8. And so like you, if you get down and on your knee and shoot something, um, or shoot up at something to give it the perspective that this is a powerful object or whatever, well, then you've got the idea that, um, you know, and you're getting, ex- you're getting physical exercise. 
Mm-hmm. And so it, it helps to work with the, um, you know, keeping the blood pressure in check. Like I'm at, I happen to be an insulin dependent diabetic. And so um, like it helped, it's helped me to lower the amount of insulin that I take and uh, stuff like that. So have you found that uh, through photography, some of the veterans that you work with um, are able to process some of the emotions and or uh, things that they're in recovery for? And what does that typically look like? Well, okay. And yes, I have. And what they do is it ends up being, for instance, um, okay, like I'll, I'll sit there and I'll set up a flower and I'll, like I'll use a um oh like a loom cube and I'll and I'll use that to light the uh flower. And like for instance, I I know that they're starting to get the hang of it when a veteran will say, Oh, I wonder what happens if you do this. And I go, Oh, let's try. See, and I and I encourage them. And then they they, you know, like they're showing all the other members in the group because there will be roughly between six and 12 members in the group at any one time. And they sit there and they say, you know, oh, look what I did. Look at this and uh, that type of thing. Once in a while, they'll buy a camera, but they don't often. The VA furnished the camera. And so uh, it worked out really well uh, in that regard. And that that sort of made me, uh, for lack of a proud, uh, lack of a better term, like proud of as a mother hen, if you will, because of the <laughs> fact that, uh, they, you know, like they were getting it and um, they were seeing that they, they had, they could have an impact on, uh, on their own life uh, mm. uh, because they had accomplished something. Yeah. And I wonder too, if uh, what they're getting out of that is um, not only a sense of accomplishment, but also a sense of purpose and also a social network by through which they can share an experience. Well, I believe I, especially the social network because the, uh, I would end up making the group last like nine months and I would, but I would let people in at a given time so that they could, they could come in and some of the veterans knew each other, but others didn't. And so it, it did work out you know, really well. And um, we grew a close bond, the veterans, including myself. And um, as I said, as I said before, that I could end up spotting a person that was having difficulty um, because like I, there were several veterans that I found out that had never spoken a word in another group, but like I made them for lack of a better term, like songbirds in my group. And they, they just, you know, they would chatter away and uh, break, break that silence for, you know, a reason or not. And one time uh, another peer support specialist came in and my group ran a little bit long and it's like, Oh, you're cutting into my time and stuff. And, you know, he was like riddling, you know, riddling me. I told my supervisor, he is like an E9 that was going to write me for an Article 15, you know, to, uh, <laughs> disciplinary action, if you will. But uh, the, the idea, I told him, I said, you know, pal, you have no idea what I do, you know. And he says, I don't care what you do, you know. It's like, if this is my time, you're cutting into it, you know. But like I told my supervisor, it's like, 
you can't you can't just cut the person off. Um, I didn't feel I could just cut the person off uh, at that time because they were spilling their heart to me. You know, and sure. That's the that's the whole idea of it. I'm curious through your work with the veterans, have you noticed any uh, patterns or themes that emerge based on uh, the subject matter and or presentation of the images that get created by the veterans uh, based on the particular thing that they're struggling with? Like, have you noticed any yeah. patterns? Well, I, I basically had a, for lack of a better term, treasure trove of props that I use. Like for instance, I had a sunflower, some flowers. Uh, I like, I would end up having them shoot through a coffee can that had aluminum foil on the inside of it. Um, I would end up like having a, uh, like a spritzer bottle and I, I would spray the flowers with it so that the flowers had water. Um, you know, I couldn't get them to go, like off the property with the cameras because they wanted uh. to be returned. Um, and then like a, later when I started working with the homeless people, they um, there was a, a person that worked with the homeless people and she would meet us at a location with cameras and um, actually get them from the, and so they could end up seeing it. But a couple of times it rained, so we got cut short. <clears throat> That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Have you uh, have you had any of your students kind of, I don't know, turn into people that are that are accomplished photographers? <laughs> yes, believe it or not, yes. And uh, one one fellow actually started uh, photographing for his church, and he ended up like taking his um, pictures to be slightly overexposed because of the fact that the um, or un- underexposed, rather, I'm sorry, that uh, because of the fact that the projector that they used at the church was a used projector. And so he would end up showing events that had happened, like baptisms and stuff like that. Yeah. That was, yeah. So, like, you know, it, it's like I tell people, um, you know, and I'm sure you've found this to be true, too. It's like, um, you can wait all day for people to pat you on the back, but the thing is, is that you can break your arm patting yourself on the back, um, you know, type deal. But when somebody achieves something, that's that's even better than a pat pat on the back. You know, it's like, you know, what I do is worth it. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, you know, I think one of the things you had mentioned to me was that. Through photography, you've found that uh, veterans are able to better manage uh, their anger or different emotions. Yes. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, what does that typically look like? Well, okay, it, it's difficult to explain, but the idea is, is that I, I always tell them, find something that you're passionate about. And um, like, okay, for instance, here – the state capital is always here, is here in Austin. And uh, so every week there's a protest about something, it seems. And for the life of me, I don't understand why they're protesting because there's nobody there to hear their voice. <laughs> you know, the only people there are the, are the uh, DPS officers. 
and but all the but all the state representatives and the state senators and the governor the governor lives across the street but like they're not at the state capitol where they're protesting and so that's why I say it it hasn't really affected but if they if they want to go out and like photograph the protesters because of like and we have a big LGBTQ community here. And so let's just say that um, like Wendy Davis was famous for uh, as a state senator for uh, having a filibuster on the um, like abortion rights. And but you couldn't get up into the um, balcony to photograph her or anything like that during that particular time. But. Um, you know, there maybe that there's a, a event going on that is um, like the um, LGBTQ community um, affecting that, and they're and they're having a protest there, and they're uh, you know maybe you'll get there and you enjoy that type of thing, and and then you'll photograph them. Um, you know, as for me, I per I personally. Uh, want to hide from that type of thing. I don't want to get mixed up in that because I don't want to get hurt, um, you know, and get, get into all that melee that, that is happening. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, and, have you, well, have you and that's a, that's a, that's something too with being depressed is that we tend to isolate ourselves. And so the camera allows us the opportunity to, um, like isolate yourself, but still have a speaking voice through mm -hmm. through the picture that you take. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are there other ways that uh, photography has has helped you, or that you've seen it help other people that you've worked with? Oh, sure. You know, um, a, a number of ways. Like, okay, for instance, um, a picture that's on my um, Instagram account. And you may you may have seen it, but it's the um, the uh, graveyard for the Civil War veterans that um, participated in, in the Civil War. Uh, okay, well, to me, okay, like that's that came from a, a Pete Seeger song um, that of "Where Have All the Flowers Gone?" And I think that Pete wrote it as a protest to the Vietnam War. But I'm not I'm not quite sure. But the thing is, is that uh, from there, like that that picture speaks volumes about me because of the fact that I'm a veteran and uh, that this is like this field is honoring veterans. And I'm I'm not able to get to Arlington National Cemetery at this time, but I hope to uh, get somebody to uh, go with me eventually and. Uh, take pictures there, but the thing is, is that uh, that type of a picture illustrates me uh, as a person, and uh, really like says what I'm about. Mm -hmm. If that, if you kind of understand that, and so it it comes from like within my um, within my being to um, you know to shoot a picture like that. I also enjoy shooting. Um, like pictures that relate to songs, and uh, but I haven't been able to do ma many uh, pictures. But for instance, like Buffalo Springfield back in the late sixties 
had a song uh, called For What It's Worth. And I understand from somebody <clears throat> in a Facebook group that that song was actually about the Kent State uh, riots back in the late 60s. But the idea is, is that it still is happening uh, today. But there's a um, line that says, there's a man with a gun over there telling me I need to beware. And I have this image of like going down to 6th Street, which is a big party district, and they block that off every Friday and Saturday night anyway. And um, so like, but photographing like a policeman with um, his shoulder, just his shoulder, not, not his face, so that there's no infringement on, on the person. But, um, and with the side that has the what weapon on it. And then from there, um, like he's possibly looking towards an event or happening that may be happening down the street. So, and mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. being at the right place at the right time. But, you know, that type of thing works for me. How, how have you seen the, uh, the use of photography as a tool for processing emotion and or uh, mental health states? Uh, how have you seen that translate in terms of how you approach the landscape or, or a typical, not typical, or a scene that you are wanting to photograph? Like how does that change your approach? Well, see, that's, that's one of the first things that I think about when I'm um, actually um, getting ready to take the picture is like uh, I'll end up taking and saying, I want to I process this picture this way. And sometimes I actually have a journal it, it, that I carry with me. It, it, it's, not, it's not like um, like something that you had when you were a teenager. Uh, and you hid under the bed, bed from mom and dad. It's just a, a small notebook. And like I'll say, um, like, okay, uh, the state capitol. And, um, you know, I may be photographing the state capitol. And then I uh, want to end up taking a picture, um, you know, from there. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get wide angle. And like I may go at night. And the state capital is white. And so, like, I think, you know, like, I would think that that would be kind of cool. And then, like, I want I want my, you know, I'd say I want my building to be white. Um, you know, I want my, um, you know, like, I, I want the uh, arch so that of the tree that is in the walkway so that I could see the dome and, uh, you know, that type of thing. And... Sometimes what will happen is I'll end up taking that, um, and I may have to alter that in Photoshop. For instance, like I may have to take and uh, remove some of the um, tree and the limbs of the tree, like with the spot healing brush. Mm-hmm. But And like, okay, I took another picture um, at a, of a sunset, and somebody that saw the picture said, that's not the way that that sunset looked that night. And it's like, well, no, because it's the way that I wanted to see the that sunset that night. And, it, and that's the same way that I, it's like, I, that's the way that I want to see the state capitol. Hmm. And um, so 
like I'm a big fan of Bob Ross and Bob <laughs> Ross, Bob Ross will say like, well, you know, like every tree needs a friend and, um, you know, and so, but there's nothing wrong with uh, shaping that tree to be the way that, that you want it. And um, Bob Ross has taught me a lot about composition. So, so if yeah. I'm hearing you correctly, uh, the way that you use photography to process different emotional states or to assist with, you know, whatever's happening inside your mind, right. uh, it is basically you're using the photograph as a, as a blank slate to then kind of put onto it something that you want to experience or the way you wanted to experience based on how you were feeling. Exactly. Am I? Okay. Yeah. Going back to the idea of the civil war, um, like graves at the uh, state cemetery at at the Texas state cemetery. um, Like I figured out my light situation. Uh, It's coming from my right. And you can tell that by the shadows that are cast on the grass. And, um, but there's sort of a golden hue because of the time of day that I was there. And it's like I'm, um, I'm honoring the person, the, the people that are there. Um, I have a, I have a uh, photo on my, uh, my blog that is um, the centipath at the Alamo. And the, the story behind the centipath is that all of these people like D- Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett and um, like that were involved with the Alamo, well, then they were buried in that center path until a few years ago, and then they were moved over to the, um, over to the, uh, like a church. And so um, there's a palm leaf there. And one time I'd seen a, uh, like I was at the mission in Santa Barbara, and the uh, priest was actually like taking a palm leaf and actually like, uh, like waving it, it in his hand up and down. And so I, that made me think about that. And so what I did was I took and made a Gaussian blur on that picture so that it ended up looking like it was a slice of heaven. And I ended up uh, masking out that palm leaf so that that was clear and then ended up uh, putting that picture. So it was almost like the, um, like somebody was sitting there waving a palm leaf and giving uh, the, yeah. uh, the people praise. I'm, I, uh, I see, I see the image now. I actually did a very similar uh, technique God, back in like 2014 when I photographed a long exposure at Haystack Rock in Oregon, I wanted to, I wanted the rock to kind of stand out from the sky and the ocean and the waves. So I kind of did the same idea. I did like a Gaussian blur for everything except for the rock, um, which made for like this really, I don't know, is kind of ethereal almost. Um, Like things were from two different times almost. That's hard to describe, but yeah, I'm familiar with, with that particular. What, what, what was your motivation behind uh, processing it in that way? Well, because I'd, I'd heard somebody uh, like a docent tell the story about that this, this is where the people that uh, 
had died in the Alamo were buried. And then, um, so to me, like, there's all these people that are, uh, like, had died on uh, around that centipede and uh, on the sides of it. And so consequently, when I heard that, then, and I, I made a little uh, notation in my book about about that, my journal. And so when I got ready to process the photograph, I ended up to being able to uh, say, oh, well, all these guys are in heaven because this is Texas. And, uh, you know, and you hear a lot around here of God bless Texas. And so, uh, but these guys were like the foundation of uh, what Texas was made for. And consequently, they're in heaven and, and they did their work to make Texas, you know, but I'm, I'm not, like I said before, I'm not actually from Texas, so I'm not that familiar with the history of it. <laughs> but I, but when I heard that, well, then that, that just made me think, oh, well, okay, so make it like a slice of heaven and then that this centipath is in heaven and then use that um, palm leaf. Uh, you know, like make that to be clear, and um, so that these people are are being blessed uh, by the action of the palm leaf. Mm-hmm. I noticed that uh, on your website, you kind of have like a a long gap, like four years between when you were active and posting, and then you took a like a, a, a break, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. What uh, what motivated you to get back into it? Basically. I felt like if I was going to pay for the um, the site, I might as well use it. And, yeah, and the thing was is that, you know, nobody had taken it, um, and so I still had the opportunity to take it. But then this COVID thing hit, and I started using it as a, uh, like a biography, if you will, of what what I was going through with this COVID crisis because I wasn't able to get out and take pictures. Um, you may be familiar, but some of the people in Austin uh, will definitely know that uh, we couldn't, we were basically on lockdown here for a number of months uh, because the numbers were so high just in Austin from the COVID crisis. The only thing that we could actually do is go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um you know, and again, because of the fact that I suffer with the depression, um, you know, it's like this is really getting to me. And so I thought, you know, like there's an article in there about, um, you know, still down and stuff like that. And then uh, recently I've just I've been out um, doing other things and actually uh, doing some photography as well, like uh, one day I, I went went up to a town called Burton, Texas, and I ran into a car show. And so I, I went around and I photographed old um, antique cars that were at the car show at the te- Texas Cotton Gen Museum. And I still need to process those pictures, but I plan to put a couple of them on there. That's- well, awesome. Awesome, George. Well, who would you recommend our listeners uh, hear about here on the podcast? Okay. So uh, the first one I would recommend is Mike R. Jackson. And he has a, he has a website called Best of the Tetons. And um, Mike has been shooting 
the area of the Tetons. He he actually lives in Jackson Hole, but he's been shooting them for 30 years. So, and that's pretty much where I confirmed my idea of uh, where to, uh, of how to do this, to uh, actually go out and um, like hit a different area every day that you go out. Mm -hmm. So that, and when I went up there and I was with him uh, for a few days. And then uh, the, another one would be Kevin Adams. Kevin, Kevin lives in North Carolina and he shoots, he does light painting of waterfalls and they are awesome. And uh, so his site is kadamsphoto.com. And then uh, Susan Naffer, who has a site, nafferphotography.com. She photographed like the Virgin River up in Zion National Park. And uh, I show people that uh, series. She had like six pictures of that. You, you take the whole picture, but then she could go through and had like five or six different pictures, like the rock, um, the water, like falling over the waterfall, um, you know, type deal. And and, um, just like that. And like, that was really a motivation for me to get more and more in depth um, into the, into what I was shooting. And that's, I actually use um, like native American flute music for my, um, for my meditation that I do. And uh, consequently, like when I walk along a, a, a river like that, I can end up seeing more things because I clear my mind of all the other garbage that's going on in the world today. How do you um, spell her name? K-A-N-F-E-R. Okay. Susan Neffer. I may be mispronouncing it. Got it. Okay, cool. Okay. And then Alan Minot, M-E-N-O-X, and his actual name is Alan Lazardo Gutierrez Al Media or something like that. But he's he's from Cuba and he lives in the Washington, DC area. And I've seen him on a, another podcast, but he was really um, you know, like he he takes people down there and to Cuba. And uh what what happens is is that they he he can help get you in and from there. Um, what what you do is that you take uh, items for schools and uh, like notebooks and pens and paper and stuff like that and uh, go into there and he's he's really a nice guy um, you know that I've that I came across um, hearing him at a, another place and then the last one is uh, Kaylee K A Y L E E and her last name is Greer G R E E R. And she has a website called Dog Breath Photography. And <laughs> I'm serious. And she shoots dogs. She shoots dogs. And uh, she had this dog that was on uh, Steve Brazil's uh, podcast, uh, Behind the Shot. And uh, But Dobie has cancer. And uh, he's, he's just really cute. But, like, she threw a ball. And she had this water that went right over Dobie. Um, type thing and um, like got him right in like an excellent job of framing with the water there. So um, oh, very cool. You know, but she's, she's very upbeat, very positive and um, 
you know, and she's young as well. So, um, you know, type deals. She does really cool work. Awesome. Well, George, this has been fun. Thanks for sharing your story about helping veterans and using photography as a tool to help other people. I think that's super uplifting and uh, just keep up the good work on that. Well, thank you very much, Matt. I appreciate it. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, let people know like uh, some of the good things that are happening here in Austin um, in regards to that and how that we're helping our veterans. Yeah, nowadays, we need all the good news we can get, right? That's right. <laughs> Awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks to George for coming on to the podcast and for all of the work that you're doing to make this world a better place for those that served in our military. I'm personally quite inspired by photographers that are able to find purpose through their photography. So keep it up. I also want to thank our latest patrons, Paul Schmidt and Chuck Mora. Paul and Chuck joined 141 of their peers to generously support the ongoing work that I'm trying to do here on the podcast to strengthen our photography community and hopefully provide value to your lives. If you feel like this podcast is positively impacting your life, why not join them and help us out over at patreon.com slash fstop and listen. Your support helps me offset the costs to produce the podcast, including my new transcription service, which we just turned on and it's really quite fun to to use for those of you that have already donated to the show thank you so very much i greatly appreciate each and every one of you if there's anything that i can do for you please reach out well if you're looking for someone to join on a one-on-one adventure and to learn photography from why not pick me if you like the show and want to chat about a private workshop send me a direct message on instagram or shoot me an email well that's all for now Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.